1: Welcome to episode sixteen of the Principal Cast Podcast. Tonight I will be joined by Melinda Miller. The two other podcasts, uh, my two other co-hosts, I should say, are not with us today. Jessica Johnson is sick in Wisconsin, and Teresa Stagger is with her ailing child who will be going to surgery tomorrow. I say ailing in the sense that I think he just really needs mommy, so we gave those two ladies the night off, and then we (laughs) we called up out of the dugout. <laughs> Melinda Miller from the and, archives uh, gonna, of podcasting from long, long ago. That's right, and we're gonna we're gonna find out about all that. So, Melinda, please just introduce yourself to the principal cast community and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay,
2: well, I am Melinda, better known here, I think, as M Miller seven five seven one. And speaking of 7571, that is my birthday, and that, you know, some people know that, but I think somebody else had a birthday yesterday, (laughs) so um, I was supposed to give a shout-out about that. Now, you're not supposed to ask women how old they are, but I can ask you how old you are.
1: Yes. um, I just turned 40 yesterday, so.
2: Yes, that is awesome. You can no longer call me inappropriate elderly names. So now that you're 40.
1: I'm not allowed to call you my Twitter grandma.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was hoping we could totally miss that. Um, Okay. So I have been an elementary principal for 10 years. This is actually my 10th year. This is my 20th year in education. I was a fifth grade teacher. I think I taught, we were departmentalized. We were not departmentalized. I taught math. I taught social studies. I taught math, social studies, and reading. Just a huge combination of those things. Um, I coached junior high girls basketball for four years. I coached high school track for a year. Then I threw in the towel and just taught. Then um, I've been at the same elementary school for 10 years. It's great. I have great, great building, great staff. I love it. And um, I think I actually got to know Spike and Jessica and Teresa and a lot of you guys. I used to have a principles podcast with Scott Elias from Colorado called the Practical Principles Podcast. And I think that's how I met or other than Twitter, I connected with you guys.
1: So tell tell us a little bit about that because Jessica often refers to it. I haven't, myself, I haven't heard it, uh, but she refers to it a lot. And Teresa used to spend a lot of time uh, listening as well. So, um, yeah, how did you get into it?
2: Oh, gosh, I don't even remember the year that it was. I want to say like 2010, maybe 2011. And I was just doing a solo podcast recording, just myself, to share out ideas with other administrators because administrators are a single person in the building. As teachers, you know, if you're in a teaching a grade level, you can go next door and ask the teacher next door for input or feedback, or you can just go knock on the door and say, hey, how do you do this? Or how are you doing this? Or what are you doing with this? Well, a principal, I'm the only one. So I have five other principals in my district that I could call, but the chances of getting a hold of them at the time that you need them was slim to nothing. So I put some things out on, um, I think I was Pod, I don't even remember, Podomatic, and I just recorded myself, and Scott found it, and then him and I connected, and we decided to do the Practical Principles podcast. And I think the information is still online. I would have to look that up after this and see if it's (laughs) online. But we did our our philosophy was not philosophy. It was practical tips for administrators, something that you could take back and use right at that time. Um, So... If anybody remembers or has questions about that, if you want to drop that in the um, chat room or if you have any questions about that, I'll try to find if that is still online. I don't know if Scott still pays for that site because it was a paid site. Um, But I'm not good at philosophical banter. I do not do well with talking about philosophy, but when it comes to practical tips that you can use as a principal, I can share lots of those.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah, tonight we're basically going to talk all about uh, philosophy, education, philosophy.
2: <laughs> no, you're not,
1: <laughs> and that's exactly why <laughs> you were you were you were brought on the show. And we want to know you know your five best uh, theorists. Now, um, now that's pretty cool because we got into the podcasting world in September, and it was interesting because Teresa, who's a first-time newbie as into the principal world, decided that. And I and I like her, I, and I think um, you know, especially for this type of reason, you know, she likes to jump in with both feet. So she gets a job as a as a principal, you know, is connecting with some uh, folks on Twitter as a principal. She was she was on Twitter and connected as a teacher. So she gets back in and, and wants to start a podcast right away. So the cool thing is that when we do our voxing or when we prepare for the show, a lot of it is based around Teresa and being in her first year. And it's funny because some of the, the stories that she shares were like, oh, my goodness, you blow us away. And we've been doing this, you know, for a couple of years now. So it's been really cool experience, you know, for us professionally sharing and sharing. Um, You know, and then just the the wonderful people who join us, you know, every week or listen online, uh, it's just amazing. So we are definitely going to get pretty practical tonight, Melinda. We're going to talk, you know, our topic tonight is staff memos, you know, and how to bring those into the 21st century. And, uh, but before we go into that, we like to just know a little bit about what's been happening uh, this week, you know, as a principal, what are some of the things that you've been dealing with?
2: Okay, well, in your contract, there's sometimes a little clause or a little line that says other duties as assigned. (laughs) I have a few of those. I am actually in charge of the preschool, the Parents as Teachers program, and our gifted program. So this week was focused on, I had preschool curriculum meeting after school on Wednesday. On Thursday, I actually drove to St. Louis with one of my parent educators. It's the 30th anniversary of Parents as Teachers. And Parents as Teachers is in every state. I don't know if every state or community uses it or has the program, but it was their 30-year anniversary luncheon. Then, so I drove all the way to St. Louis and back in one day, and then that night we had our Parents as Teachers Advisory Board meeting. And then another day this week, I think we worked on my gifted teacher is retiring, and so we have to hire a new gifted teacher And she's been in that position for many, many years. So we're looking at what that position would look like um, or how we would promote that position. So all of those other duties as assigned have taken up a lot of my time. How about you? Did you have birthday celebrations this (laughs) week or how was your week?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, the the whole week leading up to it was like you know leaving my 30s and you know dealing with all that that kind of stuff. But I, I dealt well uh, with it, and and in fact uh, on Friday, uh, which was the day before my birthday, and I kind of I kind of expected this, uh, but I didn't know to what extent they were going to do it. So I we've been having we've obviously like the whole country we have this polar vortex that's been, you know, just basically wrecking, you know, our uh, our winter. We usually have a pretty mild winter here in South Jersey. So uh, the day before, I was doing uh, shoveling, and as one of my Uh, teacher said valet parking because we just, there was really not a lot of room to drop off the kids. So we made sure that, you know, we brought all the cars into this one place so that they could get out. And and we didn't have a delay uh, like some of the other districts around us. So it was funny. I I just wanted to make sure that I showed a little bit of service and you know maybe even some, you know, thanking the the parents for getting the kids there, uh, knowing that it was really rough it was cold it was right after a snow day uh, so i was opening up doors carrying out kindergartners uh, unbuckling seatbelts uh, i thought i was going to get a couple of tips but actually it was just the, the parent um you know giving the the child a uh, you know their lunch money and then there was a couple funny times where they're like i love you and i said i love you too oh. <laughs> So they got a good they got a good kick out of it and I had a lot of fun and then um I actually had a, a parent swing back around a few minutes later and give me a coffee which was really cool. So um so that was awesome. And then on Friday I came to the school, I got out of my car in the parking lot, and I could hear this happy birthday song blasting over the loudspeaker. And I knew that they were watching me from the windows because they could see me in the parking lot. And, of course, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I think I was on the phone with somebody. I was like, you know what, I got to get going. And uh, so then I came in, and about half the staff were hovering around the front office. And I walked in, and it was just... It was wrapped in plastic there was caution tape everywhere. There was confetti, there was a, a, anything that you could imagine. My entire Now do you
2: do this to other people? Like did you deserve this? Are you a prankster yourself?
1: Yes, yeah. In fact, uh, the newer you are in our building, or whenever you have a milestone birthday in our building, you get it, and there's a lot of times where I was on the other side, so yes. I. uh...
2: Yeah, I'm lucky. I have a summer birthday, so they can't do those things to me. They threaten (laughs) all the time, and I have lucked out every year because my birthday is in the summer, so, and hopefully none of my teachers will listen to this and have like a... Mox birthday party for me at some point. but
1: yeah. yeah. You know, you can always celebrate summer birthdays anytime. <laughs> so yeah. it was really cool. Um, and it just, it, we, we have, um, we have a lot of fun at, at our staff and, uh, those type of things go on. But there was a lot of cool things. Kids, you know, teachers brought their whole classes in and wish me happy birthday, sing songs, uh, give me cards and stuff like that. So there was some more, you know, uh, traditional birthday celebrations going on besides all the hijinks and, and pranksters.
2: Do you guys celebrate the kids' birthdays in any certain way? Like do they get announced or, or is it just classroom teachers that do that?
1: No, we do a, through the announcements every day, we'll do the the student who's having their birthday, or if it's over the weekend, we'll usually do it on a Friday, and then they come down, they get their birthday pencil, and the secretaries will sing happy birthday to them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's good. Do you guys do that too? Or? We,
2: anou- or we used to do, we used to announce it at our Tiger Pride Assembly, but now they just get pencils in the classroom, and they just get recognized um, by their teacher. I think the kids announce it on the morning announcements too. There's a little spot where you can put the birthdays for the week or the birthdays for the weekend so they get to hear their name over the announcements.
1: That's cool. Uh, Before we go into our Uh, topic tonight did see in the chat room uh, Peggy George says uh, she remembers the days back in Massachusetts when an entire recess was spent getting kids in the snowsuits and boots you know it's funny once I started connecting with the we amigos out in Wisconsin I was really blown away because if we go out in in the conditions like say they were this week they may go out for 5 minutes just to ex- just allow the kids to get exposure to it or my one teacher uh, allow the kids to play you know throw snowballs at him you know just just fun stuff and uh, but most of the time you know they don't want to go out cuz it's freezing cold so uh when i used to, when i saw some of the wisconsin folks they're they're they have they think Nothing of having recess outside where they're sledding, and <laughs> I thought that was so cool. So that's what uh, Peggy just reminded me of. Uh, do you guys do you guys do that? Do you do sledding and stuff during school?
2: Oh gosh, no. Um, our kids, <laughs> yeah, if it's our kids, don't dress appropriately. If there's not, I mean, snow boots and snow pants and winter coats aren't something that is like a mainstay of their wardrobes. The the kids just don't dress like that here. I grew up in Iowa, so I understand how you have, you know, you wear snow boots, clothes, and all that. You just go out no matter what. If there's any snow on the ground, or it's wet, or anything, the kids don't really go out to recess. So, um, yeah, they don't, we, snow days are a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it starts to just flurry a little bit, everybody thinks that there's not going to be any school. On days that we're in school, and there's like maybe a chance of snow, the parents will call and say, are you letting out early? Is school getting out early? When are you guys dismissing? So, um, yeah, our kids, we don't really play outside in the snow. Now, in the neighborhood, oh, heck yes, we're all outside playing in the snow, snowmen, sledding down. Well, it's not really a hill. It's kind of like a bump. But, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So we play in the snow a lot. But I love the five-minute recess idea. We could do, yeah, no, we couldn't do that either. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's only for the it, it's only for the ones who really have a lot of uh, a lot of gumption and making sure that their kids are all dressed appropriately. But uh, I'll t- you know, I have a lot of walkers who who end up walking in this really tough weather, and uh, I give them a lot of credit because I know you know it's it's cold. I know it's cold running from the you know the parking lot to the office, and these kids are walking a mile, you know uphills both ways.
2: Our biggest concern goes. was just the bus stop and they wear hoodies and shorts and just not dressing right. What I try to do on days on these bad days is I'll send a message on Facebook. We have a school Facebook account and I'll put a little note. Please dress warm. It's really cold. We'll send an email a school-wide email. We'll put it on our website. I mean we'll promote dressing appropriately but what people don't realize is some kids their parents aren't home when they get ready in the morning, so it's not their fault. We sometimes fault the kids, but I have a few kids that I think their parents leave for work just right before the bus gets there, so they just don't realize how cold it is. They're little bitty kids. They put on a sweatshirt. They think that that's enough, so sometimes we forget that the parents may not be there, or sometimes... If this is going to sound really terrible, but I'm going to go ahead and say this, sometimes dads don't pay as close (laughs) attention and don't realize their Uh, daughters are going out in a sweatshirt, so I don't mean that in a really terrible way that it just sounded, but that has happened on occasion. And we oh. just probably lost five listeners
1: because I said that. No, actually, you probably <laughs> gained more. And In fact, my <laughs> wife heard that I'm glad I have these buds, and she would come down and say, you know, there's been a couple of times uh, that I have not dressed my daughter appropriately or my son, and I have no answer other than just being just being the dad. Um, it's interesting. A few a few folks are talking about this in the chat room about, you know, they're. they're their parents would not you know, approve of them playing out in the snow. Uh, Joe Sanfilippo is joining us over at Wisconsin. He says they already have no school tomorrow. Um, and then Go crickets. Also, yeah, that's right. Go crickets. Mm-hmm. And Brian Allaback, who I don't know when he celebrated his 40th birthday, he said that um, the, each classroom made poster size Star Wars drawings with happy birthday messages written on them. I guess he really likes uh, Star Wars and his... His Twitter uh, icon is Darth Vader, so they really got into it, um, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So um, this all leads into tonight's main topic, which is uh, communicating with staff. Yeah. You know, so we talk about all these things that are going on, whether it's you know activities that are going on through the week, or uh, snow days, or uh, birthdays, or any of those type of things that we want to do throughout the week, and you know, it's interesting when I was prepping for this, I I thought a lot about, you know, how Todd Whitaker, you know, talks about, you know, his, I think it's either Friday focus or the Monday memos. And I'm in a school district of, I think there's 11 schools. And I know even within my district, not everybody even sends out something each week. So not only are we talking about, you know, getting these to the, 21st century, but I'm also hoping that we can encourage some folks out there to communicate with their staff, even if it is in the beginning, starting through email, because I don't know how you could run a school without that, you know, knowing that there's got to be, you know, a a message that's out there. Would you agree?
2: Oh, gosh, yes. I started doing memos even when I first started 10 years ago. They were paper memos and they were, and I think we even had, I think it was even email 10 years ago, um, and I would do a there paper, was. It was a, I did a publisher document, and it was bulleted, and I always had just an inspiring quote at the bottom, and the reason I did it on paper is because the teachers would post it on the bulletin board by their desk, so they had reminders with them hmm. at all times, so I found value in doing paper, and I think that, my recently, my secretary retired, and we may have binders of my paper memos that we could archive forever. Um, and it was Todd Whitaker's book, the Fr- in one of his books, when he talked about the Friday focus. And I think I really tried to get my memo out every Thursday night or every mm-hmm. Friday morning originally, and then kids happened. I had my own, and it's now just whenever I get my memo out. Um, and it was it's interesting how long it took for teachers to grasp the concept of it being online and I tried the whole subscribing thing at first because I was familiar with the whole subscribing thing where I create a blog or I create a memo and the teachers have to subscribe to it so it comes to them right away well, that was they that was foreign for a while. So I just emailed a link to it mm-hmm. for the first couple of years that I that I did. And I've had to do that this year because I switched from EduBlogs to Blogger because our school finally went full blown Google Apps. Oh, so when cool. I switched over to Blogger, the the subscription email doesn't come in a timely manner. Like I expect it to just immediately email the link and it's not doing that. So I have still been emailing a link to the memo right now just so they get it in a timely manner. Like I finally finished it today. (laughs) I used some tips from Tony Sinanis and from Jessica how they work on their memo all week. Like they have their document open and they're just plugging stuff in all week so that Friday or whenever you do yours, it's not such a um, huge task. Okay. so if you add to it a little bit at a time, then it's not such a big task. How about you? What are you –
1: what's your tool? What are you using? When I first started, I I had the Friday focus philosophy, and but I did it through email because I thought that was the, the quickest and the easiest way. And my, my staff was really appreciative at first because uh, they hadn't had something like that previously. So it worked really well, and then – because I started in April, and then – Throughout the, the that next fall of my first year as a, as, as a principal, I started to kick the tires around in social media. So it really wasn't until that January uh, of my first year that I got on Twitter, and it was Jessica and Kurt in Wisconsin that I started to really take a look at. Because for a while, you know, I too thought, you know, educators aren't supposed to be on social media, you know – how could a principal be on Twitter and Facebook? and I didn't really understand it. So once I got past the kicking the tires phase, and I always talk about it, was a, my karate sensei was uh, the one that was encouraging me, I found Jessica and Kurt and it was funny because th- once I found out that there were people like that that was on there, meaning you know education leaders, people who were like-minded, to myself, I thought this is really possible. And then I sat down with a couple of my more techie teachers and I said, you know, this is something that I want to do. And I loved how they had, um, especially with Kurt, he had, you know, a, uh, a weekly document. I think he did it on Google Doc because his district is Google Doc. And then he also had a video embedded in there and some different pictures. And then I started taking a look at Jessica's, which had more of like the blog, you know, Philosophy, and then I took a look at a couple of other people. And I thought this was really cool, so all along i I was continuing doing the email, and I too would put in some you know if it maybe it was a video, but it was just a link or i I'd, I'd do some different quotes or things like that, and it was going really well so at one of my staff meetings that spring, so I'm almost working on my first year if it to give it a time frame here, um, I started off the meeting by saying my Friday, email, or I forget what I called it at the time, is dead. And everyone's like, oh, like a gasp. I said, and now we're going to have a new thing where parents, teachers, administrators, and even the community can work together on this one document, and it's called a blog. You know, and I really thought, like...
2: <laughs>
1: they had no idea. They had no idea. <laughs> they had no idea. You know, so I called it the RM Bacon Weekly, mm-hmm. and I started, you know, I started getting students to help do like the news and and putting everything together and exactly like you said I wanted it to be you know just go on this one link subscribe I showed him how to do it because uh, it's a blogger format that I'm using and it was really difficult so I continued to use the email with the link and um, and I still do that I still do that uh, e- even till now just because there's not as many people who subscribe and you know email is Email still king, you know, for most of my teachers. Even though we have a lot that are doing in their own blogs, and I'll get get to that in a little bit, but um, it really started a almost like a revolution, not only at my school but in the district, you know, of a way for us to tell our story and get the information out there.
2: Okay, so what are some of the big like the key points that you include in your memo? Like for example, Jessica got me hooked on adding a section called blogs and tweets and pins, oh my, and that's where I can put in just some extras, some little fun stuff, not the management stuff, but I can share something I found on Twitter or something that's on Pinterest or a good blog post that I read. What sections do you have in yours?
1: That's pretty cool. Usually what I'll do is I'll do a reflection on the previous week. So this week I think I talked about, you know, I'm hoping that we're gonna get through a week you know, uninterrupted without snow and stuff like that or if there was an activity that was going on that previous week. So that's usually, you know, in paragraph form. And then a paragraph about the week that's coming up, so some just different things that are that are going on so for instance this week we have the great kindness challenge that's going on so we have a assembly tomorrow and then we have some different activities that are going on throughout the week so i talk about that then i always use then i always do a, a video of the week so that's either folks from my school who are uh, filming you know a different project or announcements or maybe some classroom highlights or I just go on YouTube and I try to find something that connects with what we're doing or maybe it's inspiring or maybe it's something I came across on, you know, on social media throughout the week. And then I always do pictures from around the school where when I'm out either doing my walkthroughs or just if somebody has an activity that's going on, I just take a couple pictures, upload that. And then it always ends with the weekly schedule or the weekly overview. So it's just a, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, what's going on each of the days. But it's interesting, you know, it wasn't last year, I guess it was the year before when we had the incident in uh, Connecticut right? So the school shooting. And one of the things that came up at one of our safety meetings was that they liked the fact that I did the blog and that I was very specific on a lot of things. So I may say, you know, we're going to have an assembly at 3, 8, 3 p.m., and it's going to be in the gym. And some of the some of the staff members... You know, and I had to kind of take a step back and listen to what they were saying. Is that like literally you're putting that out there for everybody to see? So there are times where the email actually comes in handy, where I can say the assembly, as you all know, is at 2 p.m. in the gym. On the memo, you'll see that it's just that we're having an assembly that day. So it's um, you That's know interesting
2: so- because I I used to think of, I used to think about that, and sometimes I don't think about that stuff as much anymore. Um, I I don't know. That's just, I get, I get what you're saying. I just forget about that sometimes. Right. And, and I, we share our, I try not to share my staff memo with just the whole world. I don't mind if people come across it or if people see it, but... I think my teachers would be kind of wigged out if they knew that I was sending everyone in America my staff memo. I don't think – I don't put anything in there that's terrible or bad or anything. I mean, I don't mind to share it out. I just think that they're not aware of the audience that I might be sharing with because I love to share with you guys and principals and stuff like
1: that. Sure, and I, and I love reading them. Um, but I, I usually I, – I guess what I do is most of the time I don't tweet it out. If somebody tweets it out, that's like you said. If they come yeah. across it, that's fine. Um, usually I'll post it on my Facebook because that's mostly just my friends. And actually I have a lot you know, of educators that I'm friends with. And then – uh we have our own Facebook page, so I put it on that. Um but um and I think it automatically because it's Google based, it goes on on Google Plus. But you know, I, I guess I was a little bit, you know, cognizant of that, but I also think it's important for the parents to know different things and uh you know I, I think it really helped out because we would have parents showing up at things. This was when it first started, and they would say, how, "How did you know about this?" And they would say, "Oh, I read it on the blog." So you could tell that they were reading, which is really cool. And that's what I was trying to get the teachers to understand. You know, so when I started that, we didn't have any teachers who were blogging. Now I have probably half of my my school that are doing their own blogs, their own weekly sort of memo um, to their their you know their parents and and the students, which is really cool.
2: There's a question in the um, chat box right now that says, do you take time to make sure spelling and grammar are impeccable? I used to. <laughs> I used to get caught up in all the themes, you know, Apple theme, car theme, gizmo, you know, the whole theme issues of what you're going to have your blog look like. Right, and right. so I just, you have to get, you're so busy that you have to get past that. And some teachers get caught up in that, but I think they have grace knowing that I'm really just trying to get the information to them in the best way possible. So I try not to get caught up in the details as much as I used to. I probably should get more caught up in the details on my other blog since more people read that, but (laughs) I don't know. I just don't, I don't get, I don't get too wrapped up in that they'll tell me and I can go in and change it if it's just really terrible so I do that but I I want it to be perfect like I I want it to be but sometimes I'm so exhausted after I've looked at that memo for seven days I just send it and I'm just like okay I hope this has everything you guys can just have it yeah
1: I think you know I don't edit it as much. I mean, I will edit it myself, but I'm not the best grammarian that's out there. So if you look at drspikecook.com, my personal one, or you look at the RM Bacon Weekly, I guarantee you that you'll find – you know mistakes and things like that grammatical errors and if anyone were to point those out I would just say thank you so much and if you want to edit this thing every week I would love to you know and I'll make the changes right away so it's kind of funny that that you said it like that too because you know yes we want to model you know what we're looking through for the teachers but I'll be honest with you I look at some of my discipline write-ups and they're not grammatically correct either so hey well, I'm not pointing fingers if you're not pointing fingers.
2: Well, and I do want to share that the purpose of my weekly memo is to help make their lives easier. Teachers are busy over schedule. They have so much to do. I feel like if they don't know something, they're going to make it up, and I would rather give them that information than them to come up with something because no one told them, or they're confused. So I want it to be easy. I got caught up in that whole subscribe by email thing, and that wasn't my point. It's just as easy for me to just shoot them an email as soon as I have it posted and just say, hey, memo's posted, check it out here. Yeah. And for them to subscribe to it. I mean, I want them to learn that they can and find things like that, but um, I don't do that now. As far as you mentioned earlier about your teacher's blogging, my teachers are required by just me, I think, I mean I hold them accountable to this, they have websites. Some of them are blog-like, but they don't blog. To me, blogging is reflecting and having a conversation and putting stuff out there as a reflection they have websites that have their weekly information on it, however they want to keep that information. So I hold them accountable for that by just, I go and look at them and then send them an email compliment. Last year I gave them all blogging, bragging rights certificates. I went and looked at all their websites, and then I made this cute little certificate and went and gave it to them and said, hey, I love how you kept up your blog. It looks great. And the parents love it. The teachers actually like it now because it's a record of everything that they've done.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that's what I, I look at it, and not that I'm looking to go anywhere, but you know, I, I know the now I know the true meaning behind creating a digital footprint. So I can see from my school blog, it's chronicled week after week after week. There's videos, there's pictures, you know, and. You know, and I've learned from people, you know, like Joe Sanfilippo, and, you you know, you had said, like, right away, like, go crickets. Like, everyone knows that, you know, about about his school, you know, and that's, you know, that whole idea of branding your school that, you know, that Eric Scheninger and Tony Sinanis and uh, a few other folks talk about because it's really important, you know, and it's interesting because in, you know, in my district – you know, it's it's often looked at as, well, these great things are going on at Bacon School. Yes, they're going on everywhere else. You guys are just better at telling your story. And it's like, yeah, we are. I mean, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that I highlight the things that are going on and using this medium. And I have a blog coming up that I've been working on in, in regard to this because it's like if you want, you know, as a principal – or as a superintendent, you know, if you want people to do things such as blog or do something, you know, tw- using 21st century tools, then you have to model that. And I think that's extremely important. So, uh, And I look at a lot of, the, you know, the common core and things like that. You know, the, the, the kids are going to be looking to create more digital content. So as a school leader, I think it's extremely important that you create that digital content yourself and it doesn't take that long I don't know like you had said I guess your process is you keep it up all week and you're adding to it I use it I use it a little bit differently where I will sit down after the week is over usually on Friday afternoon when the dust is settled and I look at my calendar for next week I add in those infor- and I, add in that information and then I start thinking about next week and then reflecting on the previous week probably the longest thing it takes me to do is to get the videos to get the pictures the way that I want it to because the, the content kind of does it itself.
2: Yeah. Um, I like Joe's idea in the chat room. Joe was talking about a from the trenches section, like where they share things about the kids. That is something that I could add to mine It's from the trenches. But I would have to tweak it. Like if I add from the trenches one week, I would probably take out something else because these are such great ideas that my blog is going to be so long that no one's going to want to read it. Um, But, like, coming up this week, we have the, like, something that I would include is we have Super Bowl, like soup, and so everybody's going to sign up for something. So Mm -hmm. sign up, who's going to bring hush puppies, who's going to bring soup, who's going to bring broccoli, you know, whatever. So we have them all um, sign up and uh, bring those types of things, but I include sign-ups, I include like we're going to do the Penny Wars. So I have a link to the Penny Wars document. Something I wanted to mention is I just started using tags more since I created the new blog so that anytime, even for myself, if I want to go back to what did I tell them about the fundraiser, I can click on the tag fundraiser and all my posts about that will come up. Okay. Or I tag leadership team. If I mentioned leadership team, I tag that and that will come up. Um, And then, so the tags, I have really started tagging. I don't send as many emails as other people probably. I try to really cover it all in my memo so that I don't have to send reminders. If I feel like the teachers are really busy and overwhelmed, I will send an email reminder for the day. Or if I feel overwhelmed, I will send an email and say, hey, just a reminder, today this is happening. They, the more the better. Some people think don't spoon feed them or you don't have to, but I feel like the more you communicate with them, the easier it is for everybody. My goal is just to have open communication so they're not guessing and they're not wondering. I thought she said this was going to happen or isn't this supposed to happen this week? And granted, that does happen a lot in my building, <laughs> but not. it's not consistent. Something that kind of I was worried. I, okay, my teachers don't ask me a lot of questions anymore, or they don't come to me, or I don't feel like they're. Um, I don't know. I just I felt lately like okay, nobody's come to ask me anything about that. Nobody said anything about that. It makes me wonder: is it because I've communicated it so well, or is it because they think I'm grouchy and they're not coming to my office today?
1: Right. Right. <laughs> Well, I think it's a good opportunity too to do some social experiments. Uh, last week, I didn't put it specifically in the email, but folks have been asking about, you know, having a day where you wear like a like a your favorite sports team or something like that. So I I, I put it. <clears throat> I put it in the blog for Friday. And usually we wear our bacon gear on Friday and everyone wears either blue or white and you know wear jeans and stuff like that. And I noticed that a couple people had on, you know, Philadelphia Eagles shirts and I too wore something and they were like I did I didn't know that was going on. And it's funny, and I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, we, you didn't read the Bacon Weekly, you know? So it's pretty funny. One of the questions, and, and I'm going to direct this at you, Melinda, is um, from the chat room. Adam Clark asks, uh, he's been working on launching a blog for two months. Any suggestions on how to step off the lot, ledge and get started?
2: Just send it, just send it one time. It doesn't have to be, I change mine all the time. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just put text in the blog box and just send it. Then the next time you work on it, bold the text or add an image or add some widgets on the side, but just send it. I think they love how um, how different it is every time. Oh, I was gonna, I just remembered something. Speaking of the blog, I have a little MEEZ avatar, M-E-E-Z dot com. And I don't think I, I don't even know if I have it on there anymore. But the way that I announced that I was having my second child was I changed that little mies. I made her pregnant and then I made her in like a little nursery
0: mm. and I
2: did not say anything to anybody. I just changed <laughs> that picture. And one of my teachers came up to me and she said, There's something different on your memo this week. And I said, Oh, what which thing? And she's like, The little image of you and I just smiled and nodded. So just that little tweak at the time announcing my pregnancy with my second daughter, they just, they love that. And then they started to pay a little bit more attention. Is she leaving any clues in there?
1: Right. And I, and I, and I agree with you, uh, you're, your message to Adam and I would say the same thing that if nothing has been going on and it's your first foray into this chances are it's going to get well received because it's going to be different you know it's going to be like oh my goodness you know this is something new that's coming out and then you can start adding to it but I think and we're going to make sure that we tweet this out at the end cuz Jessica had a a list for us of all the administrators that she knew of that are blogging or that are doing school blogs. So you can just go through and that's what I did. You just go through and you just steal all the great ideas. You go on Melinda's blog or you go on Joe's uh, blog. I was told that if I made a reference to his school name again that I had to drop the mic and walk off the stage. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that yet. That might be our closing. Uh, but there, yes, there's a school in Wisconsin that Joe Sanfilippo is the superintendent of, and I would go on that blog and I would steal some of those ideas and Tony Sananas and you know just take a look. And then you got to find your voice, you know. And I because I think you start getting all the different ideas you know, and then for us, I always start my blog out the same way. Bacon Bears, which is, you know, that's what we are, the Bacon Bears, and then whatever our theme is. This year, it's, it's all about respect. Last year, it was, um, you know, your image is our image. So, we always have a theme, and I, I always try to get that out there the first thing. So, I make sure that you know, that you have to find your voice. And I think that's anything with blogging is that eventually, you know, you you start to take from uh, different people, and I think that's a great thing. Um, And then you have to start finding your own voice, and I think you will, especially if you're telling your school story. You know, with me, you know, it's it's as easy as going through. When you're doing your walkthroughs and you take a picture of a kid reading, and you put that on your blog, and that's a message that you're sending to your staff, to your students, to your community that you value reading. You know, so there's there's a lot of different things that you can do, um, and platforms. And we really we really didn't get into that yet, but I mean, I think um, you know, Melinda mentioned Google, uh, like Blogger is a Google-based uh, platform. That's what I use for my school, and then for my personal blog, I use Edublogs. So either one of those, and I know that there's others that are out there, um, and teachers, they make them very easy.
2: Yeah, my teachers love Weebly. I, Weebly seems Weebly? to be easy for them. They just, whatever happened whenever Weebly came around, they latched onto Weebly, and that, that's the easiest thing for them. So somebody in the chat room mentioned a video um, Podcast or a video. note, Mike Schooley was talking about that. Okay, yeah. and welcome, Mike Schooley. He is the director of My Principals Association in Missouri, and he used to work for NAESP up in I think it was Virginia, and we got him to come back to Missouri, and he's awesome. So he's in the chat room right now. Okay, oh, cool. shout out to him. But videos I've been doing using the touchcast app to do some videos for parent communication and I have an idea for staff communication in a couple of weeks but touchcast do, using that app might be a great way to do I might try that with a memo using the touchcast app instead of typing up a whole blog one time I might do that and see how that goes
1: I'm going to try I've tried it and and it it hasn't necessarily always gone over so well. It's funny, I guess you know people get used to things, but I have now I have some better you know uh, from Jeff Bradbury, a teacher cast has suggested you know because we're doing this podcast so I have a you know some better equipment, so maybe I'll try something and it, it's so easy I mean basically you can just do a Google hangout with yourself, you know record that, and then you know embed it into your staff blog so and i and I've really gotten away from doing and I need to get back to this is having the kids you know work on that and produce it because that that was really cool too because the teachers were getting into the you know idea of showing that in the classroom but sometimes I just I just run out of time you know mm-hmm. trying to get trying to get everything together, and then at the end, every Friday, I was like, oh, I didn't film the Bacon Weekly yet. You know, and I hadn't I had not had somebody who really took that on, uh, but that's something I really learned from Kurt Reese, and I know that he did some of the ones by himself as well, but, um, you know, I liked how they would go around – the uh, the school and they'd film it from in different areas and they would have the different announcements that were going on and highlight some of the things so it's really cool and and I think that's another way to tell your story to get, you know to get the kids involved.
2: Yes, I agree and I'd like to do more of that. It's just um, it's like it's time. This is very time consuming. I know the teachers appreciate it. I don't think they realize how time-consuming it is sometimes. And some weeks, I just I can't include it all. I just need to get the nuts and bolts out, and that's just where I have to stop. Um, mine used to be the Friday focus. Now it's the Monday Miller memo because I work on it on the weekend when I get a chance. So mm-hmm. I can't really promise it. promise that they'll have it on Friday.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing that you can do and somebody had talked about this in the, in the chat room is to embed some professional development in there. And I try to do that as much as I can. Um, one time I told the, the teachers to, you know, that we weren't going to have a staff meeting that, that week that I'd canceled it, but that I embedded a video that I wanted them to watch. And it was a, it was a Ted talk. It's actually, it was really cool. It was David Blaine, the magician but he was talking about his education experience, uh, and how he didn't have such a great one. But, um, it was was a great opportunity for us to learn about how to connect with at-risk kids. So I think there's different ways that you can do it. I know that Peter DeWitt did a lot of – he's since now uh, moving on with Corwin, but he did a lot of flip uh, staff meetings. So you could flip the information and put it right there into the blog. And that's really cool too because then you can have your – um your parents see you know hey th- these are the things cuz uh, a lot of times they have no idea what we're doing you know so if you can give them a glimpse of that and i do have parents that are reading it and i would hope that every you know that if you have a school blog that is that it's that is parent friendly um and i know joe Mazza when at nap elementary school he he did a lot of work with that too making sure that it was you know parent friendly and then in- included the parents voice in there because um it just breaks down some of those ba- those traditional barriers for schools.
2: Um, I'm kind of watching the chat room while you're talking, and there are some really good ideas. Um, I think Jeff just mentioned having this. um then the chat room just goes really fast. So having the students um, blog to the students—that's a kind of a cool idea. Like sending a message to the students but maybe the teachers could read it or the teachers could project it, like if I were going to say something to them one week. But it's all about, that kind of stuff comes down to telling your story. You're telling your story to your teachers and you're also telling your story to your community and so sometimes it's a different message but you're still telling a story and you want your story to be positive. So I like the tone of my memo to stay positive and um, the tone of my parent communication to be as positive as I can make it. Since my Miller memo could be found online, since I don't just share it out openly, I don't want to like scold a teacher or get on to my teachers in my memo. All right, hallway behavior has gone right <laughs> the toilet. Right. Let's start working on that then a parent's going to read that and think, is it just chaos at Willard East in the hallway?
1: <laughs> right.
2: So I have to be cautious of that too. So.
1: One of the things that uh, Kurt Reese, who's joined us in the chat room, says that just a principal doing it, and I wonder if he did this, you know, he's speaking out of experience, but just a principal giving the message can be a snooze fest. So you've got to be careful about that. Um, that's why I know he was always highlighting uh, different students in there. But... Um, You know, unless you maybe if you had some pyrotechnics behind you or something like that, but I think he's right that you know that just having us sit there and do a message um, could be a little bit uh, of a bore fest, but it could also be a transition into something else. So the principal could start, and then you could have some different people doing things throughout the week, maybe even some voiceovers. But that takes some time, you know. but I think, and, and one of the things that I see in the chat room as well, is that basically what this is all about, especially it's a school-based opportunity to tell your story.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, Joe Sanfilippo and Tony Sananas do have a podcast called Branded. Branded. Branded yes. Branded. Mm-hmm. And it's people that tell the story about their school. And... I really latched onto that. I've always felt like I have given a positive message about my school through our Facebook account, through our school website, through email. I mean, the number one way to communicate with these parents right now is email and text messaging. So constant positive updates that don't get too overwhelming. I have some kids that have children in like three different buildings and they get so much communication they can't keep track of who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to get carried away like that but yeah just telling their story and um, being positive to both teachers and the community.
1: There's a few people that are mentioning uh, s'mores uh, for the parents and community. The only thing with s'mores is that it gets really messy. I mean it starts out as a great idea and then you just get that chocolate and you get that marshmallow all over your hands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, you you haven't been used to my my corny humor, and the, the girls always have to put up with us each week. But um, you know they say s'mores are really great to embed. I mean, that's like when you eat them, you're embedding them. But no s'more, if you look that up, is a really cool way. It's a, it's like a a virtual flyer that can um be sent out, and it looks like there's some folks out there that send those out either to the parents or or whatever. Um, Real quick, Melinda, before we get into our next segment, I just want to ask, now now that you do all this uh, through the blog, and it hasn't been asked, but I I get this a lot, do you still do a traditional paper uh, newsletter?
2: Yes. To the parents, I have done that. Um, Actually, I made my secretary do that. They need something on their refrigerator or they need something to look at real quick in the morning when you're getting your kids ready, the lunch menu, and what's going on that day. So having that posted somewhere where parents can see it just real quick when you're walking out. I appreciate the digital stuff, but not all parents have their computers pulled up and are looking at their computers when their kids are fighting over brushing their teeth and getting ready in the morning. So I have still done a paper newsletter. I'm starting to get over my clip art addiction, where I want (laughs) to clip art and make it look all cute and pretty. So, actually, in January I did not send one out because it was like snowmageddon in Missouri, and so I just completely forgot. And February I will probably have a calendar. But I send tons of reminders to everybody. We just live in a busy world, and everybody needs reminders. It's not that I'm spoon feeding them or treating them like children. It's just because we're all busy.
1: That's right. That's right. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into the last part of our show, which every week is one of my favorite parts, and it's principles to follow on Twitter. So we learn from each other, but we always like to give shout outs to the people who are, are helping us out. And Melinda, I want to start with you. Who are your shout outs for this week?
2: Okay, I'm gonna do something a little bit different. The principals in my district are all on Twitter and we had an administrator Twitter chat, I think it was last year, and so all of the principals are supposed to be on Twitter. Some interact, some don't, but I'm gonna tell you who they are and I think that if we fill up their notifications that they all of a sudden have a whole bunch of Twitter followers, First, they're going to know I've done something online tonight because that's always a sign. But the first one is Shane Medlin. He is the principal at Willard Central Elementary, and it's just at Shane Medlin, S-H-A-N-E-M-E-D-L-I-N. The next one is at Kay Crichton Smith, and she's the principal at Willard South Elementary. And she's somewhat active on Twitter. She's on there every now and then. The next one is Rhonda Bishop. She's the principal at Orchard Hills Elementary. And hers is at RLB518. And she actually does more on Twitter than, than the others. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, and then the last, or no, then there's Angela Stevens, A-N-S-T-S-812. She's the principal at Lord North Elementary. And then our intermediate principal is Tom Davis at 4 Tom Davis. And so I think we're going to put that somewhere. I have. No
1: idea. I just tweeted it out for hey, you. Thank you. I just tweeted so, it right out
2: there. And I and I did that because a lot of times I want other people to see the power of Twitter and the power of connecting. So there are people that I work closely with and I think highly of, and I don't know that they understand the benefits. And so maybe if we just load up their notifications tonight, helps will realize how powerful it can be.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, well, you? that's really cool. Um, so my principal to follow this week is Derek McCoy. He is at McCoy Derek, and I will make sure that I tweet that out. And I just found out that he's one of the 2014 Digital Principals of the Year oh. uh, for NASSP. And it's interesting because he's part of my PLN, and I haven't necessarily – interacted with him a whole lot, but I'm doing this this crazy blog challenge, right? So that I, I, I don't know why, but I'm going to do a blog a day for 365 days.
2: Yes, um, bless and, your heart.
1: And you know, it's funny. I saw this because... I didn't realize that people were doing like a picture a day. I told this last week, but uh they were doing like a picture a day. That was the, the hashtag three sixty five and I thought that they were doing a blog a day. So I thought, okay, so I do make this silly, you know, New Year's resolution. But and it's actually working out quite fine. But um one of the things that I did to try to inspire myself to write things is I went on Twitter, I went to my home feed and I just I just uh, sifted through, sifted through. I had my eyes closed and then I just pointed to a tweet and it was (laughs) right and it's going to be coming up this week and it was and it was Derek McCoy's tweet about um you know I can't even think off the top of my head what it is but anyway you'll see it this week and um so I responded to it and then I started looking more at Derek and I'm like oh wow look at that he's doing some cool things so I wanted to mention him today um you know, as somebody who's who's doing some cool things, and then I went and I checked his blog out. Um, so it was really cool, and it was funny because the one right below that that I would have I would have went with was somebody that checked in on Foursquare. So I don't know how I quite, I would have responded to that one, but um, it was it was pretty cool. So all right, um, with that said, um, I just want to thank everybody who was in the uh, chat room um, tonight. There was a lot of uh, Uh, People that we know and we interact with a lot on uh, Twitter, and then there were some new faces, so thanks to everybody who was out there. And then the other thing that I wanted to let everybody know uh, we really encourage you to uh, connect with us uh, through Principal Cast. We have, um, of course, you could follow us on Twitter at Principal Cast. You can find both of our audio and video feeds on iTunes, so this will be up very soon on iTunes, so some of you may be listening to this in your car, while you ride your bicycle, while you are shoveling from the next Snowmageddon, who knows? Or as Jessica Uh,
2: does when she gets ready in the morning.
1: She gets ready in the morning, that's right, you know, so um, so you have that, and then we highly recommend that you engage with our producer, Jeff Bradbury, who is at TeacherCast on Twitter, he's TeacherCast.net for his blogs and resources, and then, of course, teachercast.tv for his podcasts. So I want to thank everybody, and specifically I want to thank you, uh, Melinda, for coming out tonight and helping us out and engaging in what I thought was a really cool uh, discussion on staff.
2: Well, thanks for letting me come on. This was fun. This is very different than what I was used to. Scott and I just recorded on Skype. So this whole visual, you can see me, and I have to keep up with the document, and I have to keep up with the chat room, (laughs) I have to keep up with Twitter. This is like Techlandia. This is like the fastest podcast. Like I remember listening to them, and they're all over the place on Twitter and on documents and in the chat. So, yeah, this was very different than what Scott and I did so times have changed.
1: (laughs) All right. well that's cool and uh, hopefully we're gonna have you on very very soon it was it was awesome talking with you and uh, I
2: hope that Jessica and um, Teresa's families all get better.
1: Okay well thanks again everybody and uh, we'll see you next week just want to give you a heads up to that next week we will be talking again um, our topic, and I should have had this prepared, and I don't, um, we have next week, oh, actually, that's right, next week is February 2nd, and we will not have a show that week, because we are going to be watching the Super Bowl, and, but February, we're going to be focusing on on literacy, so we're going to be getting ready for... Um, Getting ready for our reading and talking about literacy blocks, and that's going to be on February 9th, which is our next show. I'm sorry.
2: I don't know what that no. is.
1: That's okay. All right. Well, once again, we uh, thank you for uh, coming out tonight, and we will see you on February 9th.
2: Thanks.